0: looking group of people here today. Someone commented earlier, it just seems like every week more and more people are finding their way back to the house of the Lord. I said, I think it's wonderful and I can't wait until the day that we have the place just packed absolutely out again. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, right? Amen. If you're visiting with us this morning, we welcome you. We want you to feel right at home. We, we act a little bit crazy sometimes. We get a little loud. We clap our hands every now and then, raise them up. But it's because we feel an energy on the inside that is put there by the Spirit of God Himself, and we just can't be quiet. And one time in scripture, someone said, I'm not going to speak about him anymore. I'm not going to talk about him anymore. I'm not going to preach about him anymore. And then something like a fire shut up in my bones just started turning and he couldn't keep quiet. And that's the way I feel today. You know, it may seem like the world's trying to shut us down and certain circumstances are trying to shut us down. But in the midst of that, I believe the church is rising up with the only message that will really help people in these days. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, take them and turn to Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 33. Last week, as you know, we started a series of of functions and activities in the church. One of them revolves around this devotional book you have not gotten one of these yet I encourage you to get these we still have some at the guest desk out in the foyer and then we also started 21 days of prayer as of today we've been praying together for seven days we're going to continue that for 14 more days we are putting these prayers and meditation thoughts on social media You can gather with us there via Facebook or via Instagram and pray along with us. Or you can get one of these and have a physical copy with you. The whole purpose is is that we are trying to unify going into this new year around thoughts that will keep us focused on on the Lord. So if you haven't yet gotten those, make sure that you do. And if you can't, if if we're out for some reason, let us know. And we'll try to get you a copy of that. Last week, we talked about how Jesus and why did Jesus pray. I mean, it didn't seem like it made a whole lot of sense that the Son of God would feel that praying was necessary. But we talked about that, and we gave some theological and some practical reasons why Jesus prayed. Today, we're going to talk about what happens when the church prays. What happens when the church prays? Now, I want to give a disclaimer at the very beginning of this message today. And I want to let you know that I intended to preach this message. I put it on my, my planner, my study planner, well before Thanksgiving of last year. I was thinking about the new year and where we needed to be going. I learned a long time ago that the Holy Spirit can tell me weeks ahead what needs to be said and i don't have to wait until the last night saturday night to try to get messages together that would scare me absolutely to death but the disclaimer is this the lord put this message today in my spirit back before thanksgiving for this particular day this particular time and i just think that it's very interesting how god knows timing and how that God knows about what's going to go on in the world that we're living in. And so I think that you'll recognize what I'm saying to you as we get into this message. Acts chapter 4 verses 23 through 33 says, And after they were released, they went to their own people and reported everything that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together to God. They said, Master, you are the one who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You said through the Holy Spirit, by the mouth of your father David, your servant, why do the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot futile things? The kings of the earth take their stand. And the rulers assembled together against the Lord and against the Messiah. For in fact in this city both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel assembled together against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed to do whatever your hand and your will had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, consider their threats and grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness. Verse 30, while you stretch out your hand for healing and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Let me just stop long enough to point out that word while. It literally means simultaneously or at the same time or to be in sync. So now with that information, read it again. It says, it said, Lord, grant us, your servants, that we may speak your word with all boldness while simultaneously at the same time in sync that you stretch out your hand for healing, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, say that, when they had prayed, <laughs> the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak the word of God boldly. Now the entire group, say the entire group. group. Of those who believed were of one heart and mind and no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own but instead they held everything in common. And with great power the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Jesus, and great grace was on all of them. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. I ask your holy anointing to rest upon me today, that I might speak and represent you properly. And Lord, when we leave this house today, that we will understand the importance of the church praying together in unity and in agreement, not only with each other, but with the Spirit of God, so that your works can be done. And that we would be empowered by you to speak the word of God with boldness in these last days. I thank you, Father, because I know you're going to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, you hear a lot of church people talk about revival. If you, were to live, if you were to do any kind of study about revival, you'd discover this. There has never been a mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God in revival which did not begin in persistent, prevailing prayer of a desperate people. Listen, when God's people get to the place that they are desperate for revival, they will go to prayer and they will agree that the only hope that we have is if God comes through on our behalf. Listen, revival cannot be generated by a schedule. It cannot be put on the calendar. It can't be brought in the suitcase of a traveling evangelist. Revival literally means that that which was dead has been brought to life again. You can't have revival if you've never been alive in the first place. But I know a lot of people who were revived and alive at one time that died spiritually But they have the opportunity like the dry bones in the valley to be revived again by the Spirit of Almighty God. So I want you to know today that I am praying for revival. And I'm hoping that there's a church here sitting in front of me today who will say, Pastor, we are in agreement with you. The only hope that we have in this earth is if God's mighty Spirit moves upon us with a fresh touch of revival. So in this, the church prays together, there are three things I want to mention to you that will happen. The first we see is that when the church prays, God's presence is perceived. Now I want you to notice the phrase in our scripture text today that says, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. Now, you say, well, what does that mean, pastor? Does it mean they had chill bumps? Does it, does it mean that they felt good? Does it? I'll tell you what it meant. It meant the place was shaken where they were assembled. <clears throat> the entire place began to shake at the revelation that God is in this house, that God is among us. You say, well, God's everywhere. Yes, he is. But there are times in life when he will make sure that his people know that you are not alone, you are not by yourself. I I am giving you a sign of my presence that I am here among you. And the place where they were assembled shook. You see it again in Acts chapter 16 and verse 26. When Paul and Silas are in prison... They have chains on their feet and on their hands. But at midnight, they started singing praises unto the Lord and calling out to God Almighty. And the Bible tells us that suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. In other words, God has the ability and the desire to manifest his presence among his people. Now, it may not be an earthquake. He may not shake these bricks apart. But I'm telling you that when God's people pray and revival comes, God's going to make sure that you and I know that he is in the midst of us. It becomes our responsibility to know that and acknowledge that because we've discovered through the years that God's presence and His Spirit can literally be among us and we don't even know He's here. You see, Jacob in the Old Testament at Bethel said this. He said, surely God was in this place and I didn't even know it. You see, Samson one day, who had been used to operating in the Spirit and the anointing of God because of his wickedness and because of his sinfulness, the Spirit of God left him. And he got up one morning to shake himself as he always had done before, but he did not realize that the Spirit of God had left him. Church, I want you to know I don't want to ever be in a position where I have to say I was in this place and so was God, but I didn't even recognize that God was here because the Spirit of God has left me because of my sinfulness. No, no, no. I want to live like the church did in Acts chapter 4 where the place was shaken and they were very well aware of the presence of Almighty God. You say this happened because they prayed together in unity. They prayed together in one accord, the Bible says. In other words, they were all praying together, they were focused on the same things. They were laser focused on what God was not only saying to the pastor and not only saying to the people in the church, but they were, they were focused upon what God was saying to the body of Christ. The Bible says that if any two agree as touching anything on earth, it shall be done of them of the Father which is in heaven. Listen, church, we've got to be agreed in, in agreement in these last days that God's Word will give us the answer to what we need to know. He will give us the pathway that we need to walk in victory in these last days. So, number one, we've got to understand that we will see the presence of God when we are together. Now, a few weeks ago, Lamar Jackson was playing football and, and, and the game was kind of close, and Lamar had to leave the game for a few minutes. And we're not going to get into why that may or may not have been, because I'm not sure that we really know. But when Lamar left the game, there was this sense of, uh-oh, now what are we going to do? Our star quarterback is no longer in the game he's gone. There's no hope. We're going to lose because Lamar is not here. But then a few minutes later, you could hear a rumble. And as they looked down to the tunnel at the end of the stadium, here came Lamar into the stadium, running and jogging, ready to come back. And, they, and there were no people there. There were no fans there. But there was somebody pushing buttons And there was a loud roar that appeared, and Lamar was back in the game. And because Lamar was back in the game, uh, there was hope. Well, let me tell you today, if Lamar can bring hope uh, that a game can be won, uh, I want to tell you loud and clear today that if God is in the house and his presence is with us, uh, we can win in Jesus' name. God's perceived presence brings hope into the equation. Listen, without him, we can do nothing. Without him, there's no hope. Without him, your relationship is gone. Without you, your health and healing is not possible. Without without him, salvation can't be achieved. It can't be bought. It can't be bartered for. But let me tell you the opposite is true, that when God is here, when he is in the midst of his people, he can help us be overcomers in this world and in this life right now. So when the church prays, there will be a perception that God is among us. Secondly, when the church prays, the power of God is received. Now, through the years I've read this passage of Scripture, I don't know how many times. It never really dawned on me until I was preparing for this message, what happened in this setting. But first of all, I want you to know that it says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. That neighbor on your right and on your left, they're eligible for the presence of the Holy Spirit just like anybody else. It's not, it's not just a pastoral thing. It's not, it's not just for the pastor's wife. It's not just for the pastor's family. It's not just for those who are in leadership. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God is available to anyone who wants it and will seek after it. The power of God. Now listen, there had already been a feeling on the day of Pentecost but the church can't operate on past experiences the church's experience of god must always be fresh and it must always be for today every new task demands a new filling of the spirit of god when i got filled with the spirit years ago When I operated in the gifts of the Spirit at various times throughout my life, I was grateful because I knew I could have never accomplished what God was having me doing without the Spirit of God. But I'm telling you, I cannot lead Spirit Life Church on yesterday's infilling of the Spirit of God. I have to have a fresh anointing and a fresh infilling of the Spirit of God in my life if I'm going to be successful for today, I can't be satisfied with what he did years ago. I'm thankful for it. I'm glad for it. And I hear people say all the time, oh, well, if we could just get back to the way it was, or if we can just get back to what God did back then. Listen, I'm thankful for what God did. I don't have anything negative to say about it, but I cannot live uh, on what God did 20 years ago. We need him in our lives today with a fresh touch of his his Holy Spirit what's interesting to me and here's what I'd never noticed before God gave them something that they didn't even ask for they just wanted to speak with boldness that's all they asked for Lord we want you we want you to give us the courage that we need to speak with boldness and you know what God did he filled them with the Holy Spirit <laughs> They didn't even ask for the Holy Spirit. They didn't even ask for the Holy Ghost. They just said, help us to be full of courage. Help us to have boldness in the Spirit. And when they prayed that prayer, God said, well, if you're going to be bold for me, if you're going to have power that can only come from me, you are going to have to be filled uh, with the Spirit of God. I pray that every individual in this church would be filled with the Spirit of God. He said, I'm afraid of speaking in tongues. And I, I'm not even talking about spirit speaking in tongues. God can do that for you. And it'd be one of the best blessings that you ever had in your life. But I'm talking about being so full of God that you can't go anywhere without fulfilling the will of God for your life. Wouldn't that be something to be a Midas Christian so that everywhere you went, everything you touched, everything that you were involved with was successful not because you're so smart and because you're so strong but because you are so full uh, of the anointing of Almighty God that you can walk by sick people uh, and your shadow touches them and they are healed by the power of God. Someone could take a piece of your clothing and it off, and send it to the hospital. And the minute that they are touched by that, they are made whole by the healing power of God. I'm telling you, God wants to empower His church to be successful and represent Him well in these last days. Everyone was filled. We must recognize that God is sovereign. Notice verse 24. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Now, I want you to notice that the word translated Lord here is very rare. You don't see it many times in Scripture. It's not the same word that is rendered Lord in verse 29. It's a strong word. It's a very descriptive word. Which means the one who rules with absolute and unrestrained authority. That's what they recognized. They understood that this sovereign God that we serve. This sovereign God who is among us is absolutely in control he has all of the power that he will ever need he is unrestrained in all that he does man don't you let the devil get you thinking well i don't know if god can do this or not i don't know if he's able or not i don't know if he can do this or not I want you to know that he can do all things. And he is able to give us the power to overcome in every situation. I'm going to tell you where we mess up. We mess up when we forget that he's in control. Victory always begins with the acknowledgement of the sovereignty of God. Listen, if you live your life every day saying, Oh, I hope God can do this, and I I wonder if he can do this. I, I wonder if he's capable. I wonder if this is his will. Hey, listen, if you don't know if it's his will or not, it's because you haven't spent enough time in this book that reveals to us the promises of God, which are yes and amen. It's not yes and amen and a woman. It's yes and Amen. God, if you said it, let it be so. Because your promises are true. Amen? We've got to get back to acknowledging the sovereignty of God. They prayed, Thou art God. You've made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. So they acknowledged his sovereignty. Verses 26 through 28 says this kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord. Do you see that? And against his Christ, for of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, they were all gathered together together and they were doing whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done you got to understand what this is saying he is saying everybody is against what god was going to do but even in their being against what god wanted to do god did it anyway god said i don't care what herod says I don't care what Pontius Pilate thinks. I don't care what the Gentiles believe. And I don't care what that rogue group of Israelites think about me either. I'm going to use them to fulfill what I was going to do anyway. They're going to do it with their hands. That's why I'm not worried about this election cycle. I'm not worried about whether it's Democrats or Republicans. I'm not worried about if it's Gentiles or Israelites because God is in control, amen, and he is going to accomplish his work in this earth through his church, amen. I'm not wasting any time on what people think about this, that, or the other. God didn't care enough to care what Pontius Pilate believed and he didn't care enough to believe what Herod believed and he didn't care enough to care about what the Gentiles thought or the rogue Israelites he was just sitting up there being God saying I don't care if every one of you oppose me I'm telling you my will will be accomplished on the earth and I'll use your sorry hides if I have to to bring it to pass that's the reason we got to relax, folks. Man, I tell you what, I don't you wish that you had back all the time that you've spent scrolling Facebook and signing up for parlor and doing all those kinds of stuff, thinking that I've got to be in a place where I can shoot my mouth off and say whatever I need to say. Listen, there's only one opinion that matters. Uh, it is the opinion uh, of Almighty God. Pray saints. Pray saints. Pray, saints. Pray. I'm telling you, if we'll pray as much as we post, we'll see the miraculous power of God begin to flow fresh and anew in our lives and in our families. Amen. They didn't complain about the circumstances. They didn't call the church together and say, we've come together tonight to complain. We've come together tonight to talk about what the Democrats did and what the Republicans said. We've come together to know what John Calipari did and and what Chris Mack did and, and what the NFL's doing. And we've come together tonight to complain about this, that, and the other. Let's just get together and bring some cheese dip and let's have a good complaint party. God doesn't care a deadly rip about any of that because he is working his will in this earth through his people. And when we come together, we need to be coming together to exalt the name of the God of creation, to pray with power and authority in agreement and in unity. Listen, when the Holy Spirit finds a Christian who wants what he wants and they agree together to accomplish the task of hand, it will be a miracle. Man, the Holy Spirit's looking for you to agree with him. The Holy Ghost is calling for me to agree with him. We're not trying to convince the Holy Ghost. Couldn't you see it a little different, God? Come on, couldn't you just lighten up just a tad bit on that? Wouldn't it be all right if, in these last days and the way that society has changed, wouldn't it be okay if we could change some of the holiness restrictions? Wouldn't it be okay if we can now cuss just a little bit? Wouldn't it be okay if we could just steal occasionally? would it be okay if we could just have some affairs on the side as long as no one else cares? Wouldn't it be okay if we could have sex outside of marriage and sex with those of the same sex as me? Wouldn't it be okay, God, for us to do that since we live in such a crazy society? No, it's not okay. Because God has established holiness. God has established this world to fit according to his purpose and not according to ours. And as long as we try to line up with the world instead of lining up with the Spirit of God, we will be void of the power of God in our lives. But listen, when we start saying it doesn't matter what the world thinks, it doesn't matter what society thinks, doesn't matter what the politicians say. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. God, I only care about what you think. And I'm going to acknowledge that in my life. And then finally, when the church prays, God's purpose is achieved. When the church prays, and notice the verse. Verse. It says, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Notice that word spake. It's a version of spoke. Only what it means is, as they would say in southern Illinois, they already done did it. They weren't talking about it anymore. They weren't asking to be able to do it anymore. The Bible says they spake the word of God with boldness. But it doesn't just mean they already done did it. It also means they already done did it and they liked it so much that they just can't quit. It's a little bit like eating cake. I already done did it, but I guarantee you I'm going to do it again. And that's what Scripture is saying. They already spoke with boldness, but they realized that this was something that they will do for the remainder of their lives. They just couldn't be quiet about what God was doing. You say, well, what did they say? Well, let me tell you. Verse 33 says, they gave witness. You know what that word gave means? It means that they felt a solemn obligation to do it. They didn't just think it was a good idea. They thought that God, after all that he did for us, through his son Jesus Christ, and then the sending of the Holy Spirit to live in us and among us, the least i could do is speak in his name felt a holy obligation listen the fullness of the spirit awakens a man to the sense of purpose when you get filled with the holy spirit you'll have this sense in you that i have purpose in my life i have something that god has called me to do that's why last week when I was telling you about the vision that I saw of the congregation with fire breaking out all across the congregation and finally every individual beginning to flame until the entire congregation <clears throat> was on fire. I saw that in my spirit happening and I, and I got excited because I thought that's the answer right there. We've got to have the fire of God uh, rising up within us, not just one or two, but all of us in the body of Christ and when you get that kind of spirit on you you'll get up every morning with what do I what do I do today Holy Ghost sick me on it whatever it is you send me whatever it is that needs to be said let me say it however I need to act let me act it whoever I need to forgive let me forgive them whoever I can help let me help them God, I'm so full of your spirit that I feel an obligation to fulfill the purpose that you have placed upon my life. I I can see already some of you are saying, "Uh uh-oh, now he's at the point of the sermon where he's going to start asking me to do something. Listen, if God comes and says, I need you on my team, if God says, I want to inspire you and anoint you, to be involved in ministry, you better not deny the voice of the Lord and the anointing of God. I'm telling you, God might ask you to do something that I wouldn't even think of. Then it says they spake the word of God with boldness. That is the operation. I'll never forget the first time that I witnessed to someone. I was scared to death. I mean, my knees were shaking. I was saying, oh God, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to go about doing this. What if they think I'm crazy? What if they get upset with me? What if they get angry with me? What if they tell me to shut up? I thought all those thoughts, and I got scared, and I was afraid. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God said, you're not doing it on your own, son. I'm with you, and I'm going to empower you. I don't even want you to think about what you're going to say now because once you get over there and start talking, I'm going to fill your mouth uh, (laughs) with the words of God that will be necessary to make a difference in this life. Boldness. Boldness. (laughs) I don't want to be a little weakling. I just barely get by kind of Christian. I'm gonna be afraid of what might happen to me. I'm gonna be afraid of what might happen to my children if they're viewed at school as Christians. And even worse, if they're Pentecostal. Ah, you're in one of those crazy churches. You're in one of those weird churches. It's, and I hope your kids are not ashamed of the fire and the power of God. You can keep them home all you want to and let them watch Coco Melon and everything else in the world. But I'm telling you, there's nothing that will transform their life like being in the presence of Almighty God and seeing the Spirit of God erupt and move among his people. The operation of his witness. One of the the things that has impacted my life as much as anything was several years ago when I went to an orphanage in Kenya. One of our Church of God orphanages. And we were worshiping together with them and at the close of the service, the one who was over the orphanage called all of the youth directors and leaders together and had us stand up front And I knew that what was getting ready to happen is he was going to ask us to pray for those kids. And I'm thinking in my mind, I want to pick out two or three that I have a connection with and pray for them. But then he said, I want all of you leaders, all of you adults to sit down on this altar. And I don't want you to say a word or speak a word. But our kids are going to come and lay their hands on you. And pray for you in the Spirit of God. And I remember sitting down on that altar and watching those orphans come up to us. I'm telling you, one of those young boys grabbed a hold of my head and I thought he was going to shake my brains out. He was speaking in an unknown language, something I'd never heard before, but he was praying for me. They were getting the oil and just drawing crosses and circles and squares all over us and laying their hands on. And I'm telling you, I have never been the same. What I'm telling you is... So we've got to stop trying to protect our little kids and tuck them over in the corner over here so that everything's going to be okay. I'll tell you what I've always wanted for my kids uh, is that God would see uh, that they are worthy of his spirit living within them and calling them to a place where they can make a difference in this life right now. Operation. And then it says what they spoke about was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm getting ready to close in just a second, but listen. We got all kinds of things that we can talk about. We got all kinds of things that can stir up our emotions. Now, I want you to remember that you love me, okay? I want you to remember that we've been together a long time. But we can get so fired up if we feel like one of our rights is being violated. We can get all so upset over gun rights. We can get so upset over taxes. And we can get so upset over all of the things... Fire us up. Boy, I can I, I, I'm tell you I'm upset about this and I'm upset about that. I, I get a little bit tickled with people that have fourteen drawers that are full of ammunition because they're ready for when the great revolution comes. <clears throat> it's funny to me people are buying crates that are full of food that'll last for 20 years. Hide it in the forest. Dig you a hole and put it down there and mark it so that you'll remember. Cause there's coming a day when the government's going to steal your food. And you got to know where that food is so that you can live. Well, listen, if they're stealing my food and all I've got is one trunk full of food, I ain't going to live very long anyway. I've seen me eat. It won't last me very long. Do you know what Jesus said to the disciples when he was getting ready to send them out? He said, I don't even want you to take anything with you. He said, I don't want you to worry about what you're going to say when you get there. Because you need to remember, I'm driving the bus. I'm in control there's nothing this world can do to you that doesn't first pass through my hands and if it passes through my hands you better know that I have it in my control. Church church listen to me relax. Just just, just take a step back take a chill pill. God's still with us God's still in control he doesn't even have a Twitter account he, he, he doesn't care about parlor Facebook or anything because he has a direct line to the minds and the hearts of his people and can and will speak to you anytime you want to hear from him several years ago in 1976, I first heard of a group, a singing group called Truth. I don't know if you've ever heard of them or not. I don't even think they sing together anymore. Roger Breeland, who was their leader, he's he's older than I am. And he's retired. He was one of the greats of that time. But in 1976, they came to the college where Donna and I were attending. They sang in our chapel service and one of the songs that they sang was called The Church Triumphant man I love that song and there was a point in the song when the singers stopped singing and Roger stepped up with the mic and this is the recitation that he gave do you mind if I read it to you this morning it says God has always had a people many a foolish conqueror has made the mistake of thinking that because he has forced the church of Jesus Christ out that he has stilled its voice and snuffed out its life but God has always had a people the powerful current of a rushing river cannot be diminished because it's forced to flow underground the purest waters are the stream that burst crystal clear into the sunlight after it has fought its way through solid rock. There have been charlatans who like Simon the magician sought to barter on the open market that power which cannot be bought or sold. But God has always had a people. Men who could not be bought and women who were beyond purchase. Yes, God has always had a people. There have been times of affluence prosperity when the church's message has been nearly diluted into oblivion by those who sought to make it socially attractive, neatly organized, and financially profitable. It has been gold-plated, clothed in purple, and encrusted with jewels. It has been misrepresented, ridiculed, lauded, and scorned. These followers of Jesus Christ have been according to the whim of the times, elevated as sacred leaders, and martyred as heretics. Yet through it all, their march is on that powerful army, God's chosen people that cannot be bought, cannot be flattered cannot be murdered and cannot be stilled on through the ages they march the church god's church triumphant it is alive and well so listen child of god it's alive discouraged pastor it's his church it's alive lonely missionary sow the seed with confidence it's alive my broken-hearted friend old saint you're not alone and forgotten the church is still alive busy lawyer cast your cares on Jesus jesus because it's alive the church is alive young student you're not alone in serving the lord faithful father there's rest in the lord and the church is alive cynical skeptic You haven't killed God with your noisy unbelief. He's alive. So family of God, raise your hands and praise the Lord for the church, God's church, triumphant is alive and well. Come on, stand up, church, and give him praise in this house today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God is alive and His church is alive. Don't you let what this world is throwing at us right now, don't let it take your faith. Don't let it take your attitude, your your mindset of faith. Don't let Him have it. Don't let the world have it. Listen, we may be in this world, but we're not of this world. (laughs) There's a power that lives in us that is greater than any power that this earth can throw our way. He's alive. You're alive. You're alive. In Jesus' name. Come on church worship him. We've got time. We've got time.